message you're about to listen to is by Reverend Dr. Femi Olaleye of Oikea Christian Center. Remain blessed as you listen. Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> Wait, I see you. Colossians. You pardon me, I'll enter in and out. Amen. Glory. Colossians 1.15, what does he say? Uh, who is what? Start from 14. 14 says what? In whom we have what? Redemption. Through what? His blood. Even the what? Forgiveness. Now he's talking about Christ. The in whom is Christ. Because in 12, it says who are translated us from the, that's in 13, sorry. Who are translated us from the kingdom of what? Darkness into the what? The kingdom of what? Is their son. Will we come to that? So, in the new birth, when we received Jesus, when we believed in Jesus, we were moved from one kingdom into another kingdom. We were translated from the kingdom of darkness and translated into the kingdom of his dear son. And the son is who? Jesus. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not what? Perish. But have what? Ah. So Jesus is the son in whom we are to believe. Hallelujah. Then he now says in 14 of Colossians 1, he says in whom we have what? Redemption through what his blood, even the word forgiveness of sin. So, if you want to know who the invisible God is, you look at the visible Jesus. Pay attention, no. So, it says, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. So, Jesus is the image of God. Hallelujah. So, when God speaks in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, this, okay, thank you. When God speaks in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, he says, let us make man in our image. Hallelujah. The image he's referring to is who? Is who? Is who? Jesus. First Corinthians 15, let me show you. We are talking of the Holy Ghost. You will ask, ah, does this one concern Holy Ghost? Just you. First Corinthians 15. In 1 Corinthians 15, we see that there are two Adams. Two Adams. Now, pay attention uh, um, on this. Now, it says here, from verse 41, can we read? It says, There is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For one star differed from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption, and it is raised in what? In corruption. 43. Everybody read one to go. It says what? It is sown in what? Uh-huh. It is what? Raised in what? Glory. It is sown in what? Weakness. It is raised in what? Power. 44. It is sown in natural body. It is raised in what? Spiritual body. There is a natural body, and there is a what? Spiritual body. We can't talk about that today. But 45. Everybody read. It says what? And so it is written. The first man, Adam, was made a what? Oh, he was made a what? A living soul. Which means he was a living soul. He was made so, but he did not have eternal life. Are you following? Are you following? So he says he was made a living soul. All right? So that is like... um, um, 
if we're going to look at it, it's that in, I don't want to start speaking Greek, but what he's talking about is talking about a natural man, as it will later say. He said, The first man, Adam, was made a what? A living soul. In that sense, the last Adam was made a what? A quickening spirit. Hallelujah. Now, remember our scriptures, Genesis 1:26. Let us make man in our image. And we said the image of God is who? Christ. Correct? Are you with me so far? Good. And I said, let us make man in our image. Christ is that image. And I says, and so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a what? A quickening spirit. Now, 46, everybody read. It says what? How be it, that was not first which is what? But that which is what? And after what? That which is what? So that means, he's saying in the order of appearance, the natural man, Adam, came first. Is natural. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that means the first man, Adam, particularly, was not created in the image of Jesus. Or did not bear the image of Jesus yet. Because the image of Jesus is the second Adam. Praise God. Praise God. Okay. There are certain messages I want you to get, you know, there's... Um, let you know about our Telegram channel because I can't explain everything in one service, but I've taught a lot of, you know, we have about 1,000 messages on our website. On Telegram, we have close to 300. You can just go there and on the go, you listen. Hmm? Now, there's one I did recently, Soteriology. You can listen to it. Um, any subject on salvation. Now, he says, this, now listen. He said, I'll be, that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is what? Natural. And after what? That which is what? Spiritual. Now, 47, everybody read. He says what? The first man is of the earth, what? Earthy. So that means the first man, Adam, is of the earth. Genesis 2, 7. And the Lord God formed man from the what? From the dust of the earth and breathed into his nostrils, what? The bread of life. So that means the first Adam, that's the natural man, came from the earth. Clear? Clear? Uh-huh. He now wants to now tell us about the second Adam. He now says, all right, he says, um, um, the second man is what? Is what? The Lord from heaven. Now, 48. Everybody read together. He said, as is the earthy, such are they also that are what? And as is the what? Heavenly, such are they also that are what? He now says, listen. And as we have borne the image of the earthy. That is your natural birth. In your natural birth, you bore the image of Adam. Clear? He now says, we shall also bear the image of the what? The heavenly. You see that? God's plan is for all men to bear the image of the what? Of the heavenly. The second Adam. When do we bear the image of the second Adam? When we get born again. Now, what, alright, does it mean to be born again? That's a very, very important question. I think we should answer it. By the way, Religion is a bad thing. When I talk about religion, you know, Christianity is not a religion. Christianity has a religion around it. In that there are certain things that we do. Because a religion will have activities. Praise the Lord. Alright, we go to church, we read our Bible. You know, things we do daily. But Christianity in itself is not a religion. Because Christianity is the only religion where the worshipped lives inside the worshipper. 
is that a religion? In every other religion, praise God, the worshipped is outside of the worshipper. They believe he's in the sky, or he's in a grove, or he's in the stars, or he's in the moon, or he's in the sun. But Christianity is the only philosophical concept that says that the moment a man believes in Jesus, God lives in him. So we worship a God that lives in us. Christianity is the only belief system that dares to call God Father. By implication, when you say Father, it means that you are an offspring of God. Because Father is not a political statement. It's not Baba Miu, ha, Baba Miu, ha, Mama, do, do, do promo for your boys. No, that is not what it means for when you say Father. When you say Papa, Abba, Father, what you're saying is that I carry your life. Hallelujah. You're saying that if they did the DNA test for me and you, I will test positive for you. That's what you're saying. That's what father means. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What father means is that you carry the genetic coding of God. You are not just using adjectives. No. Father has a revelation. That is why the revelation of God as Father is the highest revelation of God. It is greater than Elohim. It is greater than Adonai. It is greater than El Shaddai. It is greater than all the names all the patriarchs called God. Remember, all the names the patriarch called God was not the name God gave of himself. Amen? They were names the patriarchs called God based on their encounter with God at their time of need. So Jehovah Jireh is what Abraham gave as a place. The name of a place where God supplied the ram. God didn't tell him my name is Jehovah Jireh. Are you following? So when the image of God, who is Jesus, came, what name did he call God? Father. Father. That is a revelation of God's plan. Because Father means that God's plan all along was for man to have his life. God's plan all along was for man to be one with him. All right, God's plan all along was not God to man as master to slave. No, sir. It was God to man as papa to son. Which means God's idea from the start was a family. Glory to God. A family ruled by love, not fear. A family where the sons were free to approach, not run away. That was the idea. Family. So God always wanted to be known. He never ever wanted to be mysterious. Amen. Amen. So in Jesus, the image of God, we now see God clearly as the God who wanted all men to come. God who wanted all men to know him. Hallelujah. So in Jesus, we see Jesus talking to lepros, the lepros, whom the law said that, you know, God doesn't like, stay away from them. Jesus goes, touches them, heals them. Jesus didn't speak healing over the leper. Jesus touches the leper and cleanses the leper. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Jesus goes to a prostitute, Mary, Mary Magdalene, who had seven devils, all right, cast out, scattered out the devil out of Mary Magdalene and, and made Mary Magdalene his disciple. That's Jesus. Jesus shows that he's not, God does not run away from sinners. God runs to sinners. Jesus shows that God loves us when we are at our worst, not when we are at our best. 
So whether you're at your worst or at your best, God's love is constant. You cannot impress him. Glory to God. I said glory to God. That's God. Jesus reveals that to us. So he tells us that as we have born the image, every man on earth has born the image of the first Adam. Glory to God. Now he says we shall bear the image of the second. So now what does it mean to be born again? Turn your Bible to St. John's Gospel chapter 3 and let us see the explanation of Jesus. You will now see the ministry of the Holy Spirit because it is not possible for a man to be born again without the Holy Ghost. St. John's Gospel chapter 3. Let us read from verse 1. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It says, There was a man of the Pharisees named what? Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Yes, and by the way, I hope you know that by the power of God, we can cause a man to move from nothing to something. How many of you know that? Oh, you don't know that? How many of you know that? How many of you know that? Good. How many of you know by the power of God, we can move a woman looking for children into someone that has twins? How many of you know we can do that? How many of you know that? How many of you know that we can can move by the power of God someone looking for a job, all right, and nobody's calling him to someone that they are chasing with offers? Never ever doubt the capacity of the power of God. When you come to church like this, let me tell you what is happening. Because sometimes what usually happens is um, we, we, many folks actually have a religious mindset when it comes to things of God. So they just come to church, sit down, you know, and just hear the word and go. And it, it, there's a lot of powerlessness that has pervaded some churches. So sometimes everything looks religious and stuff like that. Not this one. Listen, there, there's power in this place. Hallelujah. Look at the neighbor and say, there's power in this place. Louder, there's power in this place. Again, there's power in this place. One of the members of our churches, because we have churches and, you know, connection, um, connection groups in America, Canada, and Hungary, um, and Ghana, and United Kingdom. So normally, those, they meet on Saturdays. All right. So one of the Leaders in our churches there, all right. She told me recently, one, one, some months ago, she said she wanted to buy a house. She lives in, um, I think um, she lives in um, California. So she wanted to buy a house. And she said she wanted to do this and stuff like that because, you know, she, 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 she was saying that. So I spoke to her by word of prophecy. I said, listen, you're going to have, all right, you're thinking of a house, but Lord's going to be giving you a real estate company. We're going to buy blocks of apartments, you know, like Trump used to do. All right, and you give it out for rent and stuff like that. She was like, homeowner in the United States. You understand? Listen, the power can do all of that. You get. So that's why, many times, if you're going to be doing the impossible, it's not really about what you have or what you don't have. The question is, do you have faith? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you have faith? 
Do you believe anything is possible? Because if you do believe that, and you come with that expectation, I can tell you something. There will be a manifestation. There will definitely be a manifestation. Praise the Lord. So look at him and say, what did you come to church for? Ask, what did you come to church with? Did you come with faith? Amen. Now I know there are some places where you think that, oh, until we shake our body and shake our body and... No. You understand? Listen. Here, we'll just speak it as soon as we say it. Hallelujah. Because before we came here, we are afraid. Amen. Amen. Ah, we are afraid. We have gone without food and water. But when we come here, we just decree it. You believe it, it happens. Praise God. John 3, verse 1. All right, let's read. It says what? There was a man of the Pharisees named what? A ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. All right. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except what? God be what? With him. Which means the miraculous dimension is actually something that follows the dwelling of God. So that means if God uses a man, the supernatural will follow him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Tell out with me, God is with me. Therefore, the supernatural follows me. Now, but you see one thing that is said, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except what? God be with him. And we will come back to that, all right, all right, as we talk about what it means to be born again. Because this is powerful. It says, no man can do these miracles except God be with him. All right, then Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot what? See the kingdom of God. Verse 4, everybody read, he says what? Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he is what? Old. Can he enter the second time into what? His mother's womb and be born. Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? So Nicodemus was taking a spiritual reality and he broke it down to a mental, natural thing. Verse 5. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And I thought several, when Jesus said this, he wasn't saying except a man be baptized of water. No. All right. All right. When he said, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. All right. What Jesus was talking about was that he was using water as a metaphor. All right. To describe the action of the spirit. Because in St. John's Gospel 737, we have that water is used to describe the operation of the spirit. All right. And in St. John's Gospel chapter 4, verse 14, water is used to describe the operation of the spirit. So a metaphor. All right. For um, um, and op- the operation of the spirit is actually water in Titus chapter three, verse five and six. All right, we we we, we find an expression: the washing of regeneration. All right, that is washing by water. You know that is what he's talking about. It's a metaphor. So what he's saying: except a man be born of water and, that, and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, verse six. Everybody want to go? It says what? That which is born of the flesh is what flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is what spirit. You see that? That which is born of the flesh is what? Flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is what? Is spirit. So what happens, all right, when we say a man is born again, what we are saying is that this man has been born of the spirit of God. That's what it means. Amen. Because the spirit of God is the life of God. The spirit of God is the DNA of God. Hallelujah. The man that has been born 
of the Spirit of God has the life of God. The man that has been born again, praise God, hallelujah, amen, has received the Spirit of God because he has been born of the Spirit of God. Praise the Lord. Now let me tell you something deeper. The man that has been born again has been joined to the Spirit of God. 1 Corinthians. First Corinthians six. And fifteen. Pay attention. Glory to God. It says, Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an allot? God forbid this is talking about fornication. Alright, I'm saying in fornication, it's a oneness of the body. Amen. 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 So in fornication, what happens, all right, in sex, what happens is that two people are becoming one bodily. That's what sex is. Now, note it so. Sex is not a union of spirits. Is it clear? All right. If sex is a union of spirits, it will mean that we can get people born again by having sex with them. Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah, that's what it will mean. But sex is not a union of spirits. It's a union of the body. So that is why you can contact diseases that's in someone's body through sex. Glory to God. All right, so let's go on. Amen. <laughs> if we learned something just, just now, we learned something. All right. It now says, What know ye, what? Know ye not that he which is joined to an allot is one what? Body. For two said he shall be what? One flesh. Now verse 17. He now wants to show you something deeper. He now says, but he that is joined unto the what? The Lord is what? One spirit. Glory to God. One spirit. One spirit. Is one spirit with him. So, to be born again means to be born of the Spirit of God. To be born again means to be joined to the, to the Spirit of God. That means that in the Holy Ghost, in the Spirit, you are one with the Spirit. Hallelujah. Now, so remember that scripture that said, No man can do these miracles except God be with him. Is that correct? Now imagine, it says... Alright, except God be with a man, no man can do these miracles. Now, how much more the man that God is in? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because for you, God is not just with you. God is what? In you. Hallelujah. So you are now the temple of the Holy Ghost. So that means that if you are the temple of the Holy Ghost, it means that the Holy Ghost does not visit you. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The Holy Ghost does not visit you. The Holy Ghost dwells in you. You are his address. Now, if you are the address of the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost is a person, amen, the Holy Ghost is not an influence, the Holy Ghost is not a power, the Holy Ghost is not an it, the Holy Ghost is a person. And it doesn't talk. And several places in scripture you hear things, and the Spirit bade me go. The Spirit said. So, you use such expressions as said, as communication for a being, for a person. 
The Holy Ghost is a person real. Listen, most, most of the time, the challenge with many of us is that we ignore the person of the Holy Spirit. How many of you agree with me? You can be in a house living with somebody and not talk to the person. How many of you agree that's possible? Okay, how many of you are currently practicing that? <laughs> you're currently practicing it. You're living in a house, someone you're not talking to the person. Amen? It's a person. It's a person to be fellowshiped with. A person to be spoken to and to be listened to. Hallelujah. 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 All right? Very important. Now, the presence of the Spirit of God in you. Now, look, uh, if I go into that, that, when I want to go to talk about the gifts of the Spirit, I want to also first of all look at what Jesus said about the Spirit of God. If you turn your Bible to St. John's chapter 14 and verse 26, all right? John 14, 26. Now, let's look at what Jesus Christ said. Then we go, you know. Ah, the Spirit of God. Don't joke with him, oh. The Holy Ghost. Hey, hey. Listen. How many of you want to see beyond walls? You want to be in meetings that you are not physically there. You think which has power? Holy Ghost. <clears throat> Holy Ghost. <clears throat> There's a story of a man <laughs> in the Bible. The man's name was Elisha. So, the king, because Elisha was an Israelite, right? And Israel was fighting the king, you know, for our nation, or our nation was fighting, you know, Israel. So, that's the king. We call these generals. They will plan. Oh, we were going to fight and plan, and we attack the king of Israel through here. We will plan and, and attack the king of Israel through here. Then, every single time they, want, they had the plan and they want to execute, do you know what happened? Elisha will send message to the king of Israel, and say, they are going to attack you through here. They are going to attack you through here. And give instructions. Then the king was like, that's the, the other king was like, what's going on? Who has been going to tell the king of Israel, do we have a spy here? Then the guys with him said, no, kingo, there's no spy. It is Elisha, the prophet, that he can hear what we are saying right now in your bedroom. That's Holy Ghost power. Hallelujah. That's Holy Ghost power. Holy Ghost power. He can tell you when to apply for that job. I'll give you an, let me give you an example. This is my own personal testimony. There was a time uh, I, I, I trained as a medical doctor. Medical doctor by training, so I used to run hospitals at the time. Then after some time, a lot of me to go full time. After I went full time for three years, I said I wanted to work and go back in the corporate space. All right, you know, because I felt I had unfinished business. Then Lord gave me permission to go back, and I still work in corporate, you know, space now. Now, but at the time when I wanted to go back, I didn't know anybody anywhere. So the Lord said, "Go back. I have opened a door for you. You know." And he mentioned the name of the company. I didn't know anybody there. Nobody, no, nobody. I didn't know anybody there. So, all right, I took some time off and I began to pray in tongues. I prayed in tongues. I just kept praying in tongues. What was I praying? I wanted to know what the Spirit of God would have me do. You understand? So, after I prayed in tongues one week, on like the eighth day, the Spirit of God said, Oh, yeah, apply to this place. 
You understand? Wait till you know where I saw this thing. And that time, when I applied, the moment I applied, I think I got a response like 24 hours later. 24 hours later to come in for an interview. Went for the interview. Then when I got there, all right, and I did the interview, based on my experience, they said, ah, with what? We cannot employ you for that role we called you for. We are going to create a brand new role with you as the head. Because we need to tap into you. Are you following what I'm talking about? Apparently, just like 48 hours earlier, the person that was occupying the role that they called me for interview for quit. On Friday. So they're given an instruction that they should fill that role. So when I said the, this in on Monday, boom, HR said, ah, ah, doctor, ah, and they said, are you following what I'm saying? That spirit-led activities. Hallelujah. I was say spirit-led activities. Yes. The spirit of God. The spirit of God is spirit of recognition. He will let you recognize opportunities. He will let you understand the role people are supposed to play in your life. Don't joke with the Holy Spirit. Don't you joke with him. Hallelujah. It's a spirit of insight. You will be able to see beyond your eyes. You'll be able to hear beyond your ears. Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost is the one that multiplies things. It's the power of multiplication. It's the one that turns small to plenty. Now, the Spirit of God is a person and is a power. Can I continue talking like this? Alright, share it from scripture. The Spirit of God is a person and is a what? A power. We engage and fellowship with the person of the Spirit. But the power of the Spirit we use. Now, there are principles behind the use of the power of the Spirit. Oh, praise God. How many of you, when was electricity invented? How many of you know? Who invented electricity? Eh? Michael Faraday. That's not correct. Michael Faraday didn't invent electricity. He discovered it. There's a difference. You can't invent what's already there. <laughs> okay. Do you know that Adam could have had electricity from day one? Right? Okay, did man invent fire? He discovered that if he took two stones together and he struck it, what would happen? Fire. Discovery. Correct? Correct? What Michael Faraday did was he discovered the principles behind what? Electric power. And he understood that if I align with these principles, electricity will what? Current will what? Flow. In fact, you now got the point that they had, um, I think Michael Faraday discovered, is it DC current, direct current. Then we had, what's the name of this guy now? Oh boy. Nikola Tesla discovered AC current, alternating current. It was discovery. So, 
once they discovered how it would work and they applied the principles, it did what? It works. The power of God is like that. There are principles behind the flow of God's power. As you are sitting down here, if you believe in Jesus, the power of God is inside you. Did you hear what I said? Say this with me. The power of God is inside me. Again, the power of God is inside me. Look at Acts 1, it says, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is what? Come upon you. Now, that word power there in Acts 1.8 is from a word, alright, in Greek that is dunamis. I, I'm trying to be careful how I, because but if you did some physics, how many of you remember Fleming's right hand rule? Okay, so let's drop it. You see why I said I don't want to mention it. But, dunamis. Where we get the word dynamite from. Praise God. I said, praise God. Now, when you are talking about dunamis, there are principles behind dunamis. The principles behind dunamis. So that's why you find out that all through scripture, every single person that operated the power of the spirit, notice, there is the person of the spirit. Then there is the what? The power of the spirit. If you look at the ministry of Moses, what did he first encounter? He first encountered what? The person of the spirit. In Exodus 3, it was fellowship with the spirit he was encountering. Who told him what his mission was? Who told him what his mandate was? And all of that. Hallelujah. It is the person of the spirit that will mentor you. It is the spirit person of the spirit that will lead you. It is the person of the spirit that will, what, will train you. He will say, okay, if you do this this way, you will get this. He will train you. Hallelujah. There's a person of the spirit that will correct you and we rebuke you and say, why did you do that? Do it this way. Well, this person of the spirit does not condemn you. Hallelujah. He will correct, he will rebuke without condemning. Amen? That is the person of the spirit. Hallelujah. One of the attributes of the person of the spirit, according to Isaiah chapter 11 verse 1, is like the spirit of counsel. So, he will counsel you. It's a spirit of wisdom. So, he will give you insights. Hallelujah. He will give you plans that don't fail. Someone say amen. amen. Strategies that work. The person of the Spirit. The person of the Spirit. And one thing about the person of the Spirit is that as you fellowship with the person of the Spirit, you begin to act like Him and think like Him. Hallelujah. You will make decisions like Him. Because as you fellowship with someone, you become them. We all, with unveiled faces, beholding as in a glass the word, the glory of the Lord, are changed. The beholding is in fellowship. Glory to God. The contemplation is in fellowship. The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. Amen? You see, the person of the Spirit. Now, I'm going to come back to the principle of, of, of the power of God's time. All right? But the person of the Spirit... The first thing you have to note in your fellowship with the person of the Spirit is that, first of all, you must acknowledge that he is present. That's number one. You cannot fellowship with a person you don't acknowledge. Praise God. Maybe I should come down. Amen? You must, first of all, acknowledge that he is what? He's present. Acknowledge that he's what? He's present. He's not far away, he's in you. Amen? That's the first thing. You must acknowledge the presence of the Holy Spirit. So you can say, Holy Spirit, good morning. 
Because the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. Amen. So we fellowship with the Father and Son by the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Hallelujah. So you acknowledge that He's present. You must acknowledge that He is a person real. The more conscious you are of the presence of the Spirit of God within you, the less you will sin. Because the Spirit of God is the Spirit of purification. It will take some rubbish away from you. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, such were some of you. Look at 1 Corinthians 6, 11. It says, and such were some of you. But you are what? Sanctified. You are washed. You are justified in the name of the Lord. And by what? By the Spirit. By the Spirit. So the Spirit of God is one that has cleansed us. Hallelujah. So you fellowship with the person of the Spirit. Then another way you fellowship with the person of the Spirit is by praying in tongues. Praying in tongues. You know, why the service was on, someone was telling me that someone um, left the service because a sister was leading prayer wearing trousers. Huh. So, like, wow, it's 2021. We, have, we see our folks having issues with sisters wearing trousers. Amen. Religion is a bad thing. It's a really bad thing. Of all the things going on in the world, Someone's having we try. What is it? Says, it says the Bible says that women should not wear trousers. Really? Where? Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 5. They were not trousers then. And that's not what it was saying. How do you know? I know. I'm a theologian. And you hardly read the Bible. You're saying what you were told. Praise the Lord. Can I just that maybe say somebody here? The church at 22 is five. The reason why that scripture is there, first of all, that law of Moses, and it was a law, moral code to a nation, the nation of Israel. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 8 to 9, lets us know that the old covenant was given to the fathers of Israel. It wasn't given to Nigerians. It was not given to Gentiles. It was given to what? The Jews. Now, let us now look at that law in the context of Judaism. The reason why that instruction was there was well, for two reasons. Number one, all right, in the old uh, uh, Mesopotamian idolatrous practices, where whenever the, the, the god that was worshipped, the Semitic god that was worshipped, was of a feminine attribute, like Astoreth, you understand, the queen of heavens and things like that, what happened was that the male worshippers had to dress in female attire. Are you following are you following? All right. They will dress in female attires such that all the worshippers, both male and female, will dress as female. Like what is going on now with this LGBTQ something, something. You understand? All right. So that instruction in Deuteronomy 22 verse 5 was to the children of Israel not to be like the idolatrous nation in their dressing. Amen? Amen. Amen. Where the women dressed like women, but the men dressed like men, so the men will wake up like the women because they were worshipping a feminine deity. Is that clear? Come on, is that clear? Alright, so that's why some historical context is necessary to interpreting scripture. You cannot be using 2020 as something, you understand what I'm saying? You're wrong. 
then the second thing, the second reason was most times, uh, according to the law, women, because of the time when they menstruated, all right, were said to be ceremonially unclean during that period. All right, and whoever touched the garments that they wore, all right, will also be ceremonially what? Unclean. So all those things were Jude- Jewish ceremonial law according to Lord Moses. It had nothing to do with trouser of now. Hallelujah. Praise God. You also know that some part of the world, men wear skirts. In Scotland, men wear skirts. And hear me and hear me well. Any doctrine that is taught in any church that changes in accordance to geography is not sound doctrine. Did you hear what I said? Any doctrine taught in any church that changes in accordance to geography is not sound doctrine. I mean, a doctrine you teach in Nigeria, but you get to UK, you have to change it. Praise God. So in Nigeria, nobody's wearing trousers here. But you get to UK because of the snow and the cold, they are wearing trousers. It will mean that your God is a cultural God. Amen. Is it what? It's a cultural God. The Zandi came and said, Ah, God only lost Tyson. You know Tyson? How many of you know Tyson Cox? Ah, okay, you are, are you Gen Z or which one are you again? Okay, punk, punk. You know that one, you just cut like that. You know, say, Ah, that's the one that God likes. So if a guy put, uh, like Pastor Chris does, does relaxer, push relaxer on his head, they say, Ah, no, it's not called bond again. It's not bond again. You think God is moved by that? Or if a guy plates his air, we don't say, ah, okuri, man, let there. It can't be born again. Only God is not inside him. The only God we say, hey, James, you place your head. Ah, I can't stay. I can't stay. Ah. <laughs> I might say, man, you plate there. I won't plate my hair because it will affect people receiving the gospel. Because I can tell you, if I plate my hair, all of you will be looking at my hair. I can't pastor. Hope it's not that I want to eat because science I want to hear. Oh, let's you now begin to notice that people will now begin to organize prayer meetings. Say, Oh God, this one that is going to pass, we don't understand, though. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. So, the person of the spirit you fellowship with the person, you don't use the person of the spirit, amen. What you use is that you use his power. Now, the power of God, the power of the Spirit has principles. Now, why am I teaching you about the power of God? Because you need to know how to use that power. How many of you remember the word of Moses in, in, in the book of Genesis chapter 3? Remember that the Holy Ghost had to teach Moses how to use it. Right? He said, drop it. Then when he dropped it, he became a what? A snake. Then after, he said, pick it up by what? Pick it up by what? Because that is telling you that power of God cannot be handled anyhow. There are principles. Praise God. Prince, you need to learn it. There's a principle to release the power of God for prosperity. There's a principle to release the power of God against witches and wizards. You, you, you need to learn. Jesus! Jesus! Lord Jesus! You are, look, they will finish you. It's not like that. It's not about, you get? Into learn. This is how the power is used. Hallelujah. 
if you take negative and connect it to positive and light will come out it's a principle hallelujah you see a lot of things in the realm of the spirit works with knowledge the person of the spirit will give you knowledge concerning the things of the spirit hallelujah now you know uh, you know, there are many things the Spirit of God will use to train you. He will use your pastors to train you. Because your pastor is a ministry gift given by God to you to train you. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11. He will give the written word. Use the written word to train you. So as you are studying the Bible, you say, okay, can you see that? Can you see that? Can you see that? Can you see that? Hallelujah. He will use supernatural manifestation and supernatural encounters to train you. Where you have visions of Jesus and things like that. And Lord will tell you this, this and this. You have dreams where you have instructions to the person of the Spirit, the power of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, don't be a stranger to the one who dwells on your inside. Hallelujah. Now, you see, as we're here now, the presence of the Spirit, the Holy Ghost is in each and every one of us if you are saved. Though. The Spirit of God is already in this atmosphere because we are here. Hallelujah. Some of you will be able to sense the presence of God as the service is going on. Now, as we worship, right? As we worship, what, what, what happens? As we worship, that presence becomes stronger in manifestation. Why? Because as we worship, just like a perfume, how I many of you have had a perfume? You have a perfume? And you press the nozzle, what happens? The content is released into the atmosphere. So, activities like worship, and prayer, what do they do? They release the presence of God on our inside into what? Into the atmosphere. So the more we worship, the more we pray, the richer the atmosphere is with what? With the presence. Now, did the presence come from outside? No. It came from where? Inside. So this means that as a Christian, you can saturate an environment with God's presence. You can charge a place with the spirits. So the charge or the fullness of God's presence or the lack of it in a place is whose responsibility? The one who carries the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The one who carries the Holy Spirit. The one who the Spirit leaves on his inside. Church services also how great a church service is how powerful it is it's a function of the people present inside so when we are leading worship all right listen we're leading worship all right this person is singing and worshiping you will find that the presence of god this person's consciousness of the presence of god will be stronger than the person is observing looking around so you have seen many times when holding crusades and over meetings that you could have somebody right here this person is being really blessed God's power is flowing through this person mightily. Then you have another person standing by wondering what's going on. Why is this one shaking? Ah, all these people, they are too emotional. Right there. Why? Because the presence of God can be in a place. But the person who manifests or experiences that presence is the one who participates. Hallelujah. The person who participates. The person who participates. So when they are praying, they are praying. You know, when they are singing, you are singing. 
Hallelujah. Participation. Participation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we rise up on our feet? Just lift up your hands everywhere and just begin to adore Him, everybody. If you pray in the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues. Everybody, come on, open your mouth. Go ahead and just worship him and just say, Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your sacrifice. So begin to talk to him and say, Lord, fill me to overflowing with your presence. When I'm talking about fill me, I'm talking about a manifestation. Go ahead. A strong manifestation. Fill me, Lord. I drink of you. Open your mouth. You have just listened to a message by Reverend Dr. Femi Olale of Oikea Christian Center. For other messages, visit our website at www.oikiacc.org. Remain blessed.